welcome to the Catholic Connect podcast. I'm your host, David Scubin. This is a podcast for all Catholics and people of goodwill who strive to live in the world, but not be of the world. First and foremost, we need to be disciples of Jesus ourselves. And then we go forth and make disciples of all nations, just as our Lord commanded. Through a series of timely topics and great guests, we will take that long and narrow journey to heaven together, encouraging each other in faith and virtue along the way. So let's get started. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever. I'm so blessed to be joined by the following guest. He spent six seasons in the CFL, all with the flagship franchise, the Edmonton Eskimos. Uh, he amassed 211 catches for 2,379 yards and six touchdowns. And of course, he wins and won the, the Grey Cup, the 2015 Grey Cup. And uh, But hey, safe to say, his biggest passion is his family. Husband to one, father to three. Most importantly, he is our brother in Christ, Nate Kuorn, he's joining us right now. Nate, thanks for the time, man. No worries. Thanks for having me. You betcha. Thanks, brother. Really appreciate uh, you taking the time for us. So, hey, you've been out of the CFL now for, I guess, uh, 2017 was when you retired. So, I guess since 2016. So, there's uh, been a few years that you've been away. What are you up to now, and, and what is your family looking like? Um, now, we currently live in Medicine Hat, Alberta. Um, I am a partner in a construction company with my dad. And yeah, life is busy. We have three kids now and, uh, you know, full-time business. So life's probably busier than it was when I was playing in the CFL with just one child and, uh, you know, playing in, uh, my weekly schedule wasn't quite as busy as it is now. Well, that's for sure. And your kids are all quite young. You were telling me off air, Nate, uh, all under the age of five, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, my oldest is four. She's almost five. And then we got a two-year-old and a one-year-old. Oh, that's outstanding. That's uh, so beautiful to have, uh, have kids. And uh, uh, we've, got, uh, we've got four, my wife and I, and they're, they're a blessing. So that's uh, outstanding. So, awesome. uh, and, and how's construction? I, gotta, I guess I got to ask you, as we're recording this, this is the beginning of November. We've had uh, a lot of ups and downs in our world and our economy. How's business for you guys? Are you hanging in there? Yeah, no, it's been uh, it's it's been pretty busy as of late March and April. We're a little slower, um, but yeah, no, things have been going really bit going really good and busy. We do lots of greenhouse building, so COVID actually probably, if anything, helped the helped the vegetable business and the the um, flower business. So that's been good for us. Oh, that's outstanding. That's uh, that's good to hear, and uh, it's a blessing to be to be working, right? I mean, that's people's dignity. I I find, and I've uh, you know our company that I work for also we've uh, we're doing okay, but uh, you know it's uh, there's a lot of folks out there here in Alberta, and we've been dealing with a lot of issues for for many years, and having this virus kind of hit us here, it's been uh, it's been challenging. But uh, want to give hope to people and and uh, let them know it's going to be okay, and that we can we can pull through this. So I'm glad to hear you're doing well. So yeah. you said you're down around the Medicine Hat area again, Nate, and that's where you're from, right? Are you Were you born right in Medicine Hat or were you outside down? Yeah, no, I was born in Medicine Hat and I got, uh, I grew up in Redcliffe. It's basically, it's kind of like Fort Saskatchewan to Edmonton. Right. So it, just, it, out, just outside. And did you grow up on the farm at all or right in town, right in Redcliffe? Uh, in Redcliffe, but we grew up as greenhouse growers. So we're technically, 
I guess we're technically, we, I was technically a farmer of some sort. <laughs> the best of both worlds, right? That's <laughs> all good. Yeah. Well, that's outstanding. So when did you start playing football, Nate? Uh, I'm a, I know that in Southern Alberta, football is a, is a big deal in a lot of uh, smaller towns and even in the big city, but uh, did you start when you were quite young or is that something that you got into when you were in high school? Yeah, no, I didn't start till grade eight. I, baseball was kind of my first love nice. and just, just, you know, kind of backyard sports. I had three other brothers, so we were really busy and played a lot of that stuff in our front yard and backyard. Um, but I would, I'm the third oldest, so I watched both my older brothers go play football and it seemed like a pretty fun, legal way to be aggressive. <laughs> well, that's great that you love baseball, too. That's, uh, that was the, the sport of my youth in the summer, and uh, that, that's a great uh, – um, yeah, it's a great sport in the summer, no question about that. So your older brothers, did they also – did they play at a, at a pretty high level as well? Did they go to university at least and play football, or is it more just uh, the local scene? No, yeah, my oldest brother went to University of Calgary as well. He was really good. He got rookie of the year there his first year, and he ran into some concussion issues. Um, the brother right above me, he was also really good. He went down to Missouri to play for a year, and then he came back to play for University of Calgary, and uh, he actually unfortunately had back injuries, so that kind of took him out. And then my youngest brother, he's pretty naturally athletic and he just, he didn't pursue it after high school. Got it. Yeah. And it just seems like injuries. And I know we'll, we'll probably talk about it here in a few minutes. I know injuries kind of caught up with you a little bit as well and, and concussions. And we sure learned a lot about concussions and, and uh, those types of injuries from football here in the last five to 10 years. And uh, it's, it's unfortunate to see that a lot of young guys can, have their their careers cut short but it also affects their life a little bit too after football so so at what point Nate did you think uh man like I I, I enjoy football my brothers are all good at it and uh they had some success and, and moved on to play in some pretty neat places uh at what point did you think man I can make a career out of this um probably not till like my third year of university I was just kind of young and immature and kind of all over the place until I, one of my coaches, Coach Blake Nill, that I played for at University of Calgary, he kind of helped mold me into the player I became and kind of helped my character a lot. Cause, and he, you know, he, he gave me confidence and was started talking about the pro kind of stuff. And he told me I kind of got to fix my attitude and that stuff. And uh, yeah, it wasn't until about my third year when the agents started calling and there was draft board projections and all that stuff and scouts started coming to our practice. So that kind of, that kind of made me wonder if I had a chance to do something. And you ended up being picked, I believe it was fifth overall by the Eskimos, right? Nate, did yeah. you, did you have a pretty good idea that it was going to be the Eskimos that were going to pick you or um, did you have some other, I'm assuming you probably had some interviews with a few other clubs as well. Yeah, actually it was probably the riders that were most interested um, but that year they didn't pick till the eighth pick overall. So they basically, cause I, they probably had the most meetings with me and they came to visit me in Calgary and all that stuff. I interviewed really well with them, but yeah, like I said, they picked eighth overall and they pretty much told me if I was available, they're going to take me. But, uh, I went before that. So they, yeah, it worked out good though. I liked, I liked, uh, going to play at Edmonton. Oh, that's outstanding. And I'm sure growing up in Southern Alberta, you're probably a Stampeders fan, I'm guessing, though, right? 
I was, yes. And flames, unfortunately. Oh, that's okay. There's always time to change, right? Oh, I, I've changed. I'm <laughs> full changed. On oh, good. Well, hey, you know, Connor McDavid, you can never go wrong with uh with a player like that, right? And was oh, that exactly. was that difficult? Well, I guess not not so much, eh? When you when you get to play at a professional level, it's probably not too difficult to say, hey, Stan Peters fan now, but I'm going to, to Edmonton to play for uh another outstanding franchise. I'm I'm sure the uh the change wasn't too big of a deal for you, was it? No, it wasn't too big of a deal. And after we won the Great Cup, I couldn't imagine being a Stamp Peters and Flames fan walking onto the <laughs> Oilers ice with the Great Cup. That probably wouldn't have went over too good. Oh, outstanding. That's, that's great. So get to the Edmonton Eskimos and, uh, um, yeah, 2015, that's a big season. So that's the season a lot of, maybe some people don't remember, but that was the season you guys started in Fort McMurray, right? Um, yeah. Who would have who would have uh, ever thought you'd be stand, yeah, starting your season up there? I think you played a preseason game and then you ended up playing a regular season game as well uh, against yeah. Toronto. And yeah. uh, in that game, from what I recall, Nate, that was also the, the very first game of the regular season was when Mike Riley went down, uh, knee injury. Now you guys yeah. were, the team was coming together the, the seasons previous uh, and uh, you're off to a great start in your career with the Eskimos. But uh Maybe take us to that regular season because there was a lot of high hopes for the team, and then you lose your your starting quarterback, and you weren't sure how long that was going to happen. But uh, yeah, maybe walk us through that and that adversity, and uh, yeah, and it ended up being a winning regular season for sure to set you guys up for the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. Uh, if I recall, that was the same training camp we had in Spruce Grove. Um, I can't remember why. I think because there was a bunch of concerts going on or something at Commonwealth, but. Um, yeah, anyway, actually, we lost our star running back in training camp. He tore his Achilles tendon. That was John White, and he was he was in his prime then. Like, that guy was so good and is still so good. And then, yeah, then we lose Riley. Um, but, yeah, luckily, you know, it was kind of the how Coach Jones was kind of preaching things that year. He said it's kind of the next man up mentality, and we had a great tailback come in. Um, and then Matt Nichols was our backup quarterback, and he's phenomenal too. So he kind of – he led us to he kind of led us to the home stretch of our season with a really good winning record and then yeah, Riley came back and it was just you know we, we didn't miss a beat and we were just uh the adversity definitely helped because we had to really come together as a team yeah Matt Nichols is a good quarterback in his own right and he had some injury issues too that I, I think at that time kind of necessitated bringing Mike Riley in just to have some some extra depth because I know remember Mike had or, or Matt Nichols had a uh, pretty serious injury I think maybe the season or two before that right so yeah same as Dak Prescott's injury yeah not not yeah. a good one right <laughs> no yeah I remember that pretty clearly so so yeah so next man up and uh yeah well coached team from Chris Jones and you guys get finally get over the Stampeders and that uh, that hump was difficult but uh, you get the big win in the Western final get to the Grey Cup another uh real hotly contested game for sure and I gotta ask you like I told you offline I'm, I'm a fan too you really come within what maybe an inch of really winning or getting the the game clinching touchdown at the end there. What was going through your head in that last three or four minutes when you catch that pass right at the goal line? Did you think you were in? Um, I honestly, yeah, I did actually think I was in. Um, it was such a, you know, we were we were driving the ball and it was such an intense moment. And you know, I, I when I caught the ball, I knew we had a first down for sure, and I thought I had a touchdown, but I, I knew we were going to score because it was just, you know, a matter of a QB sneak or a, a you know, fullback, tailback dive type play. So, um, 
yeah, no, you know, people still always talk to me about that play. They're like, yeah, you were in, you were in. And at the, I don't know, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. I, it was my only catch in the whole Grey Cup, so I didn't have the best game. But uh, it was cool to uh, obviously hoist the Grey Cup, and I had a somewhat of a part of it, so that, that felt good. Oh, absolutely. That's great. Yeah, Jordan Lynch was the, uh, the kind of the, uh, the third down specialist that they – the Eskimos had in that year and he ended up getting that game winning touchdown, but yeah, that was a, yeah. an outstanding game. So, and that's kind of when, when your life even kind of took a, a, a turn to turn for the better. You, you had your, uh, your first child uh, within a few yeah. weeks of that. Right. So uh, tell us about, I guess that was a, a pretty big year for you, but how did that change your, your outlook uh, just even on your football career, having a child, but also maybe that, uh, that spiritual walk with the Lord. How does, I know when I had, or we had our first child, it certainly changed for me and it must have been the same for you as well yeah it, that was just a crazy week it was my when well, we won the great cup five days later my daughter grace was born and then two days after that we had our first year wedding anniversary so um my daughter's her name's grace and it's spelled g-r-e-y-c-e because we won the great cup that year so we changed <laughs> we changed the spelling a little bit so that's kind of a cool i didn't know that that is pretty cool yeah yeah um but yeah no it was like I've, I've, I got, I got brought up in a Christian home and I kind of, I didn't understand grace and grace to me is such a huge part of the Christian walk. And, uh, I just always felt like when I was, whenever I was going to have a daughter, I just felt God told me her name's supposed to be grace because of just how I, without telling you my whole testimony, but just how, what happened in my life and how I, God just showed me grace and just, just understanding God's grace and that you know, he died for us on the cross. It's just that kind of, for me, I don't know, that's, that's probably my, one of my favorite topics within my faith. And it was, uh, it was a no brainer for me to call my first daughter Grace. And you kind of had a cool tie into the Grey Cup and um, it was definitely life changing and, uh, you know, just such a blessing and a miracle. Well, that's beautiful. Absolutely. Oh, that's, uh, yeah, that gives me, uh, that gives me shivers, man. Cause you're right. It's uh the grace that God gives us and making that, that choice to follow him. Right. And, and the sacrifice you made on the cross and what a, it's a cool way to, uh, to always remember that and just the name of your daughter. Yeah. So you mentioned you're, you're in business here with, uh, with your father, which is, uh, which is great. Uh, what kind of influence did, uh, did your dad and maybe your brothers or other members of your family have on your walk of faith? Oh, they had a huge influence. Like my parents, you know, they're always the ones, you know, they've obviously they've, just like everybody, they've made mistakes raising us and, you know, no one's perfect. And, but, you know, they, one thing when I was kind of rebelling, they would always, my mom every night would be praying for me. And, uh, you know, that obviously that's the main, that's, you know, there's nothing more important than that power of prayer. And, uh, that probably helped me a lot when I was kind of in some of my darkest moments and, you know, having also, you know, I was kind of the last one in my, out of my brothers to come back to God. So kind of seeing my, and my brother, like I have a brother that's 18 months uh, younger than me. So me and him are really good friends and seeing him kind of get transformed and, you know, renew his, his, uh, his life for Jesus. It just, uh, you know, it, it definitely helped because that's someone that I really respected. And I had a lot of, um, you know, we had, we shared a lot of memories together, good and bad. And, you know, once I could see actual real transformation in his eyes, it was a huge uh, part of me knowing that, hey, this thing is real. It's not just something that my parents told me and my pastors told me that was real. It's actually that that's when it started to become real for me. And I, f I feel like that's the foundation we all need. 
Oh, that's outstanding. You talk about your mom there and, and in the Catholic church, you probably heard of St. Augustine. Uh, I yep. probably maybe even read some of his writings, but it was his mom, St. Monica that uh, really just prayed for decades for him to, to come back to God, to come back to a relationship. And, uh, and her, her prayers were so, so powerful being, being the mom and having that, that authority too over your children. And, uh, and the prayers were so efficacious for St. Augustine to, to come back to, to the church. So that's great. You know, you talk yeah. about your brothers too, Nate, and I, I'm blessed to have two older brothers than me. And uh, I had also a dad that, and a mom, mom and dad that were uh, outstanding examples of, of their faith. But, you know, having brothers that um, to look up to, not only, you know, to play football and sports and, and do the great things you do with your brothers, but uh, boy, it sure means a lot when you're, your brothers are, are men of faith, isn't it? Oh, it's huge. Like there's four boys in my family and we all have kids and every, we all, we all, well, three of us live in medicine hat, but we all get together, you know, on the holidays and stuff. And it's just, it's just awesome because we're all, you know, full on believers and everybody's kind of, you know, on the same wavelength and it just makes, cause you know, lots of families don't get that, you know, and it's just, it's just a blessing and it's just awesome to get together with like 19 of us and, you know, everybody's just, you know, serving the Lord. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. That's so beautiful. And we need that in the world today, don't we? We just need to, um, you know, have that, that support of our family. And uh, I always, I always say too, that it just seems like the devil tries to isolate us, right? Uh, mm -hmm. make us think that we're doing something on our own and that we're all alone in the world and we can't make a difference in the world, but it's, it's not true. We have so many people too, uh, that, that are doing the same thing that, that you and I are doing. And, uh, I made the analogy that, uh, you know, in, in scripture talks about how the, um, you know, the vineyard is full, but the laborers are very few. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, sometimes when we're in the, the vineyard doing our work, sometimes we just don't take that, that few seconds just to look up and, and bump elbows with our, our brothers and sisters in Christ and, and exchange some stories and, and encourage each other on this walk. Right. And, and oh, yeah. uh, that's why it's such a great blessing when it's just your, your, your parents and your family, uh, you get that from that support from them is just so great. So you, you said that you're kind of the last of the brothers to, to come around and, and kind of, I guess, re, rediscover your faith. Uh, when yeah. did that happen for you? Nate? Was that while you were at university or, or was that maybe a little bit later into your professional career? Yeah, no, that was during my last year of university, actually, right before I got drafted. So it was kind of really good God timing on that. Um, because, you know, I, like I said, I kind of walked away from my faith in high school and that because, you know, I was kind of shy and I just wanted to fit in type of that kind of whole story. And, you know, it started to my identity really shifted and my identity became in who I was and I, you know, I started to become, I started to get a really big ego and that kind of stuff. And, uh, if you, and then, yeah, that's how I go back to saying about how it was God's timing that I kind of came back at the time I did, because yeah, if you're talking about the ego stuff and going to the CFL where it's, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of like a fantasy world that you kind of live in and everybody, lots of people are catering to your needs, like doctors and that kind of stuff. And just people around the city. And then there's just the fans and, you know, if you have a big ego, you know, from, you know, seeing your face on billboards and stuff is definitely not going to help your ego. <laughs> so, yeah, it's kind of great timing. And, uh, you know, I really got to find out what my true identity was at the right time when I needed to. Uh, that's outstanding. And, and, and I think that's what we see in our culture today, right, Nate? I think people 
are confused. They don't know what their identity is. And that's to be a child of God. You know, uh-huh. God calls us out of the world to be, to be with him, to journey with him, to have that relationship. So that's, that's outstanding for sure. Uh-huh. Um, was there a kind of, uh, well, I mean, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, just the, uh, you know, issues with ego or just wanting to, to fit in, I guess, maybe uh, take a step back, that desire to fit in. And I guess that would be the same for, for a lot of us. You don't have to be a professional sports player, but, uh, or even being in high school, but there does seem to be that desire for young people to fit in. And, and eventually they, you know, if, if you, you kind of hitch your wagon to the wrong friends, boy, that can take you down some pretty dark paths. So, uh, you know, we're, we're seeing that in churches across the board. I'm sure you'd see it probably at some of your congregations that you're at, you know, in the Catholic church for me, the uh, attendance is down uh, with, with young people. They're, they're finding other things. There's a lot of distractions, a lot of things taking them away from the road to eternal life. Um, yeah. You say to the, the kids out there, especially the high school kids, uh, young adults, um, what would you say to them to, um, you know, just to encourage them on, on the way and to keep their, their eyes on the cross? I would say, well, number one thing that really helps me is staying connected. Those two words. Um, however, you got to stay connected, whether it's, you know, a small group or a Bible study or, you know, going to church regularly. You just got to stay connected. I'm not saying that if you, if you don't go to church once a week, you're, you're, you know, you're not going to heaven, but I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying there's ways to stay connected and each, you know, each personality and person is different. And, you know, that's, you just have, like, like I said, I keep coming back to staying connected. You have to stay connected somehow. You can't be a lone wolf. You'll get attacked that way real fast and you're going to go down a dark path. Absolutely. And, and what was that like, I guess, in university, maybe we can touch base there because it seems like our, a lot of universities, Nate, and, and you went to the UFC for, for several years um, as a student athlete, but it seems our universities, um, there's a lot of ideology there that is the opposite of, of the gospel. Um, I don't know how much you saw of it when you were at the, the University of Calgary, but um, did you, I guess maybe, did you see some of that there and, and how did you, how did you kind of cope or what was your observations, I guess, when you did see that happen? Yeah, no, I definitely did. Um, the thing about university is university, there's so much intelligence and knowledge there that it almost, in like science, that it almost makes people think that, you know, the the Christian walk is like fairy tale and far-fetched and that it, it can't be true because there's all this stuff to prove the other side, right? And then once, yeah, once you're in university, obviously you're young already. And then you have all these professors that seem so smart and they're, you know, the way they're teaching, like, there's no way, like the stuff they say about like just the Bible and stuff, they're just like, they explain, they fight it with science and they make it seem so believable their way. And it's, you know, it's, it's dangerous because, you know, you it's, and you're going to that class like every second day and you have a pretty high respect for your teacher because, you know, of their credentials and how, you know, in quotations, smart they, um, they may seem so yeah it's definitely and just that whole kind of liberal not that there's anything wrong with liberals but it's kind of that whole it's kind of that whole liberal mindset of uh the new age kind of look at life and yeah it's just i don't know it's it can be dangerous for certain people if you have the wrong type of personality yeah absolutely well you know like you said i think i think the problem or the issue comes with yeah, we'll use liberals as an example, but as soon as they, they start to kind of take us away from that path to eternal life with whatever information that they're putting in front of us. But 
I think at that age too, and you're probably like me when I was, you know, in my early twenties, we're very moldable then. Right. And, and university students and high school students are, are moldable and it's, uh, yeah, it's just so important, I think, for, for parents to, to keep an eye out for their kids, even when they're older. And, and back to your point of, of I think you're mentioning you know, something about being in community, I think, is just so important to have other people that you can share your faith with and keep each other accountable, right? And mm-hmm. I wanted to read this, this quick quote to you from uh, St. John Christosom. I think it kind of it kind of encapsulates what, what you're mentioning there. And, it, and he says, you, know, you cannot pray at home as at church, where there is a great multitude, where exclamations are cried out to God, as from one great heart and where there is something more, the union of minds, the accord of souls, the bond of charity and the prayer of the priests. So, you know, priests could be pastors and, and other ministers and, and mm. non Catholic churches, but it does make a lot of sense. Right. And I think what, from that quote, what they're saying is that, you know, we, we really do need that community. Yes, we can pray at home and, and we can have a, a relationship with God, uh, you know, in our everyday life and our walk with God, but it is nice to have that community. We do need other people in this, uh, this journey, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. That goes, that ties along just that what, like what I was saying about staying connected and yeah, you have to, you have to be around a solid community that can support you. Yeah. Outstanding. Oh, that's great. Well, you know, Nate, there's, uh, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about cancel culture. Um, and I, I, uh, we've seen that here in the last couple of months, uh, unfortunately. And I, I guess I, maybe I should have asked you about how you felt about, uh, you know, the, the Edmonton Eskimos changing their name. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, um, I know for myself as a, as a lifelong fan, it was, it was hard to take, um, just because of the circumstances around it. Of course, we want to, we don't want to be dismissive of people that uh, maybe have a concern, but it just, just something didn't smell right with that. Nate, where did, where did you come out on that? <laughs> um well hmm honestly i thought it was kind of a little probably not the right way to go about it I'm trying to be politically correct here on this podcast you don't have uh, to be politically correct <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> i also don't like, want to get you in trouble nate I, that's not my well, intent I'd but say, i i think I'll we in, <laughs> go ahead. no i was just gonna say i think we we need to be frank in these these times right and and oh yeah so challenging and, and when we see something like this happen to a sports team it can happen yeah. to other people and i was gonna ask you a follow-up to that as well but but yeah like but, i said it, it didn't smell right to me it just it was really unfortunate and now we're seeing a real at least amongst the fan base i think there's a real backlash now nate i think people that really that hurt them i think um it's and of course people say well it's just a name but uh, when you grow up with a team for decades, uh, you know, oh, it's, yeah. it's something that you, you, you love and you're attached to. And, and mm. especially the Eskimos being a, a community run team, it just has a different feel than say, a, you know, a larger NFL team or something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. To me, it just seemed like a joke. Like it was, it just goes with that whole, this whole new liberal type movement where people think that no, everything everything is offendable. Like every, anything you can do or say can offend someone. And I guess there is some truth to that, but at the, it's like, like my high school in medicine hat also is changing its name from the Mohawks to something. It's like, it's you, these, they've had these team names for 50 to 60 years. It's, it's, and all of a sudden there's so many leagues changing their names. It's just the way the world's going. And it's unfortunate, you know, being a strong conservative Christian, it's just, it's, it's hard to it's hard to see and it's hard to watch and it's hard to see these groups of people win these little battles that that, that they don't they just fighting to fight it really is and i think you know when you 
you're introducing a new type of ideology and it seems like it's this is coming from the left wing of the sphere mm -hmm. um it's almost like you kind of have to erase the past and not so that you don't have to acknowledge what happened in the past um you know we've you know if you look at uh extreme cases of you know socialism and communism and and like in europe um you know it seems like that's the kind of thing that would that they need to erase in order for something new and progressive to come forward and i don't like what i'm seeing on that side no me neither there's a lot of weird things happening in the world and a lot of things i passionately fight against and you know one of them is that kind of stuff and you know it goes along with the whole abortion thing and just there's just so much weird stuff happening in our world and um you know to be and it's it's weird to not see people standing up and fighting against it and, and then all of a sudden you see all these riots coming from the other side and it's just i don't know it's just when is stuff going to get brought to light and i don't know it's just it's a it's a difficult world to be in right now and um um yeah i don't know i'm just going to keep standing my ground and i think sometimes i offend people and you know sometimes i I'm pretty black and white type of person so sometimes i can ruffle some feathers but you know at the end of the day some stuff i might say without thinking is wrong but um i just want to see god glorified and that's yeah that's basically what it comes down to and the truth come forward i think right and yeah you know that's this podcast nate i, I sent that to you in an email it, it is the catholic connect podcast but it, it's in my tagline it's i said it's for catholics and all people of goodwill and and uh, I think it's so important for, for Catholics and, and uh, non-Catholic Christians, we got to get together and, and stand together. Because if we're not going to stand together, we're going we're gonna to all fall. And yep. uh, that's why I'm just, uh, just so, uh, so blessed to have you join us and, and be really blunt. And yeah, don't worry about being politically correct, man. This is, uh, <laughs> we, need, we need the truth. So on that note, and I think, you know, we need to look at things that we have in common. Uh, you know, you talked about abortion, and, and that's something that's uh, near and dear to my heart and, and many people in the church. Um, but also, I wanted to talk to you about what happened to, on the topic of cancel culture, to Christian Jones. Um, he was uh, a, a running back for the Edmonton Eskimos last year, um, sent out a tweet that turned out to be quite unfortunate for him, which was unfortunate for, well, for I think for all of us, I think it was unfortunate for the church because all he was saying in the tweet was that he supported traditional marriage between oh, a man yeah. and a woman. And I, I, I that's kind of where I, well, I, I followed you on social media for a little bit, Nate, but <laughs> I, I saw you stand up for him and I thought that was beautiful. I don't think enough people stood up for, for Christian Jones and, you know, the Eskimos ended up releasing him and yeah. uh, you know, there, there were so many voices from, you know, I think from, you know, the, the, the politics to, you know, just everybody really piling on. The mob came out for him. And oh, yeah. I think Ooh. the church, we, we've, we've failed at standing up for, for people. We've, we've left them, you know, on an island. And I said, though, the devil isolates us. And I'm sure Christian probably felt that a little bit. He felt like he was all by himself. And, uh, yeah, what were your thoughts on that? Again, that's something that, that we, we all share, uh, that bond, that traditional marriage between a man and a woman, mm -hmm. to have that family. It's, it's, it's the, the foundation of Christian life. But uh, yeah, what, what were your thoughts on that, Nate? Well, you're picking all the topics that I'm really passionate about. So <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, that awesome. Was, uh, it's good. That, that one really irritated me because just to see a guy work so hard his whole life and then to see his whole dreams, he'll probably never play football again because he has this bad rap now. And it's just, 
it's so sad that he's sticking he was saying something not even like in a vulgar bad way he was just saying sticking up for something that is actually right the way god wants it to be and he's sticking up for that and he gets loses his job i think that is so corrupt and messed up like that is such a shame it just i it, it almost made me glad that i retired when i did because there's no way I, I like I would I don't think I would have been able to stay on a team now because they make you wear the rainbow flags they make you do all this and all that you can't tweet certain things and they're just controlling they're controlling what you can say and I just don't work like that I'm black or white I'm not I wouldn't have put a, a rainbow flag on my jersey or my helmet because I'm not gonna like I love those people but I'm not gonna support that that is a completely against what I believe in and the fact that he lost his job is it's the shame it's sad it's so corrupt. Bang, bang on. Awesome. Nate, that is, that is outstanding. Um, yeah. I mean, and, and you look at, uh, you know, even this, this politicalization of, of pro sports, you know, you look at um, uh, the pitcher for the San Francisco Giants um, during the, uh, some of the BLM protests and then there was sort of the, the solidarity and, and Hey, we get that the, maybe there's, there is some issues that, that uh, we don't want to be dismissive about and particularly in the United States, even in Canada when it comes to race. Okay. But, um, but when you have an organization like BLM that right on their website says that they support the, the, uh, the end of the nuclear family, the, the traditional family. And I believe it was Sam Conrud, I think is his name, uh, you know, a relief pitcher for the Giants, uh, by no means a, a superstar, you know, kind of a rank and file pitcher. But, you know, Nate, that was inspiring to me to see, you know, while everyone else was taking a knee uh, to something – something other than God and Jesus oh. and to, to see him stand and just say, listen, I have nothing against what you guys are doing, but I only kneel to Jesus Christ. And I, or, and that's why he stood. And I, and he was all by himself out there. And I thought, man, what, what an inspiration this guy is. Oh yeah. No, that's, it's awesome to see people, men of faith like that with like men of courage stand up for what they believe in because now it's not so um, now it's kind of frowned upon to not join that, liberal cultural movement and the political the way how sports are professional sports are becoming like political platforms and um yeah no it's cool to see stuff like that for sure yeah absolutely no it's good and then i the, the last one i wanted to, to chat with you about too is and i mean there's so many examples but um you know it was just a few weeks ago nate that there was um i believe they call them an mla i'm not sure what they call these um representatives in, in nunavut but you know, he basically his message again, and you mentioned abortion before, and it was a it was a pro life message that he put on his Facebook page, and the 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 premier of uh, Nunavut basically took all his his faculties away from him, all his responsibilities oh, just over over a pro life message on his on his Facebook uh, account, and and that kind of censorship and that kind of cancel culture is uh, boy, is it ever toxic right now? Oh yeah, how can we? how can we not say something that we believe in, but they can all march and say, you know, women like to say that women can kill these babies and all this stuff. And it's just, it's so backwards. It's so messed up how the way things are going. And it seems like we don't have a voice anymore. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's a weird, weird culture. Especially when the message of, of Christianity is, is so much support and love and, uh, you know, we, we have so many great organizations. I think of, I don't know if you're familiar with 40 Days for Life or Campaign Life Coalition, uh, you know, where 
you know, these, uh, these Christians and other people of goodwill, they, we get together and if someone's in a crisis pregnancy, a, a woman's in the, having a, a crisis and having a, a difficult time that there is support. There are, there are life giving options to these kids. Right. And, mm-hmm. and every life is, is so, so precious. So uh, Nate, before I, I let you go, man, I, I've had a great time chatting with you, man. What a, what a blessing to, to call you a brother in Christ and, and to be laboring in the vineyard with you, man. That, uh, I really hope we can catch up again and, and do this uh, sometime in the future. Um, I wanted to, to go to your, your uh, profile on Twitter and you have a, a great scripture verse there. Um, that's from Romans 1 16 and I'll read it uh, if that works for you. It's for I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who has faith to the Jew first and also to the Greek. In other words, you know, the gospel it's for everybody. Um, why is that verse particularly uh, inspiring to you, Nate? Uh, it just kind of goes with my character and kind of personality. It's just I'm really black and white or in, in 110% or nothing. And, uh, like, there's nothing that can <clears> – <throat> there's nothing that can get in my way that will make me feel ashamed of what I believe. Um, I just know so, like, to the core of my being, like, who I am and why I'm here. And yeah, like there's nothing possible, no leader, no riot, nothing that can make me not believe that or be a feel ashamed. And it's just, it's pretty, it's a pretty peaceful place to have my mind. Absolutely. No matter who the prime minister is or the president is of, of any of these countries, I mean, Jesus is still our king, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, that doesn't change. Uh, you know, Christ the same yesterday, today, tomorrow, forever. So. Yeah. Nate, I want to say thanks so much for joining us. Uh, like I said, it was a great chat conversation with you. And uh, keep the faith, brother, and I hope to catch up with you again soon. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed that straight talk, Christianity, with Nate Kuhorn. And it was a lot of fun chatting with him about his football career. But uh, also it was uh, so refreshing to hear him talk about his faith so candidly and uh, such an inspiration. I loved it. So thanks again to Nate Kuhorn for joining us. There was a verse that came to mind when he was saying to to stay connected. And, and there's so much truth to what Nate was saying there. And in the Christian walk, we really need to stay connected and stay in touch with, with other members of our faith community. And this reading is from the book of Romans from chapter 12. And uh, this is from verse 4 and 5. It says, For as in one body we have many members, and all the members do not have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. So I thought that was real fitting to uh, what Nate Kuhn was saying about staying connected in the faith. And uh, yeah, it was just uh, outstanding. So thanks again for listening, everyone. That was a a lot of fun. And uh, again, appreciate your, your prayers and your support. And uh, follow us on Facebook and Twitter and share our podcast and be a part of this revolution of love and truth and uh, making a difference in this world for Jesus Christ. And for all you Catholics out there, remember again, confession at least three times a year, every Advent, every Lent, and any time you're in the state of mortal sin. Don't even spend a second of your life there. God bless you, and we'll talk to you very soon.